0: Hello and welcome to the engineering YouTube and podcast. I'm Paul your host. This podcast is all about Porsche and their cars and the people and the technology and the engineering that goes behind it. You'll find your Porsche stories which is us, me, talking to you about your Porsche, your journeys and your life experiences with those cars. Tech Talk which is all about the technical aspects of Porsche. Waffle, which is just me wittering on about basically anything with some friends. And Heritage, which looks at the entire journey of Porsche from the earliest days to the present day. If that sounds interesting to you, then stick around. Welcome back to the Engineering YouTube and podcast and welcome to episode 26. The pre-Christmas episode. Um, My video that I put out on YouTube just a couple of days ago for the VW Up that I have as my little runaround, around uh, That video is very much a, a visual experience, so whilst there is audio on there, normally I would extract the audio and have it on the podcast, uh, but it just doesn't quite work. So uh, it gave me a bit of a prompt, and I thought I would catch up with two good friends. Uh, one, Mick at GT4 Winchester, who has been on the channel before, uh, Mick very kindly said he would drop by. And Nathan, who has also been on the channel before, way back, um, and it's actually one of the most popular episodes, you can go and um, have a listen to these as well. And his episode was really about, or his episodes were really about, uh, joining, uh, leaving school, finding some confidence, joining a race team, learning the craft of being a race mechanic uh, for Radical, and then more recently has joined Formula One. And is now a full race mechanic for the Alpine Formula One team. Pretty amazing. And the noise you can hear is my dog. <laughs> the one remaining dog that we have. Uh, having a bit of a, a chesty cough. Anyway, I shall carry on. Um, so yeah, very, very nice to see Nathan again. Uh, Nathan, Nathan Nathan's mum lives quite nearby. Um, so he was coming back to do the Christmas thing. Uh, and I grabbed Nathan and said, how do you fancy coming down and having a cup of coffee and a chat with Nick and I? Um, Nathan very kindly said, yes, he would be up for that. Uh, and that is what you're about to hear. Um, as with all podcast episodes, there's my bit at the beginning. Whether you like it or not, <laughs> it's here to stay. Um, anyway, so I will rattle through this stuff because the episode runs for a good hour or so. So if you're interested in um, you know, hearing the three of us catch up on... Uh, sustainability and EVs um, our cars personally uh, Nathan's built a turboed MX5 so despite working on you know the highest level of Formula Motorsport in the world, uh, still keeps his feet firmly on the ground. Mick uh, has got a 718 GT4 um, and yeah so we talk about all of that sort of stuff including uh, me making some comparisons between my Cayman 981 um, and my Elise and think even things through to, like, heel and toe and Sport Plus, um, PADM faults on mixed GT4, all sorts of stuff. So that's all coming up. Um, what I will quickly whiz through, though, is, and I mentioned it uh, in the episode, but I'll talk about it again because I'm so excited about it, Cam Malefactor, who, who, absolutely no surprise, if you've listened to this podcast for a little while now, um, I've mentioned them multiple times uh cannot wait for next year as they've invited me to go and spend some time with them um, and drive the new uh full carbon full exposed carbon uh 912 that's gonna be amazing sub 700 kilos which just is mind-blowing for um any 911 912 shape so cannot wait for that um Favourite car of the year, I don't mention, we. I sort of get into it in the episode, but we sort of deviate and, and ramble through all sorts of bits and pieces. Um But I'll put my claim out there already, it's the DLS, not the t- big turbo wide arch thing, but your bog standard DLS, bog standard DLS, um from Singer. I'm going to go and do it, I'm going to go through a an end of year wrap up, um and I'll talk about the exact spec that if I was going to order a Singer, uh, what spec I personally would go for. But yeah, that's definitely mine. Um big fat hello to to listeners from Costa Rica and Denmark. Uh who knew that this uh this podcast would be so popular in Costa Rica and Denmark. But my tip of a hat to everybody that's listening to there, listening over there, because uh this podcast has consistently been in the top twenty-five automotive podcasts in those countries. Um so hello everybody from uh Costa Rica and Denmark. I hope you're doing very well. Thank you for your uh, your passion about the podcast, um, The any other country, any other country, I'd love to see you listening more. So if you can, um, then please do hit the subscribe button and uh, make sure you follow this uh, podcast for future episodes. Uh, and the more you rate and review the podcast on any possible platform, it all helps the algorithms and push for higher positions in other countries as well so but big shout out to costa rica and Denmark for your your support thank you very much it means a lot Um, one of the things i was going to talk about very quickly is uh the crazy laughable used parts prices that pop up on ebay um and this is only a two second thing but the funniest thing i found so far this week was a cayman gt4 rs exhaust tip and a Krapovich exhaust tip they're made of titanium they're very pretty I found a company to replicate or come quite close to that same exhaust style exhaust tip style and that's what's on my uh, 981 Cayman but an original knackered original not even a new one with a great big dent in the top of it someone's asking 750 pounds for one tip um which blows my mind. So uh, it just goes to show either that person really doesn't want to sell that exhaust tip or they're slightly deluded and they think that that's available for that price and it's it's a useful price for people, absolutely ridiculous. Um, last thing before we get into the episode, massive shout out to Outlaw Gear. Uh, Outlaw Gear are the purveyors of high quality products that you can buy uh, t-shirts, hoodies, uh, all the way through to uh, jewellery, stickers, decals, you name it. They do it. Um, they, the, I've spent some time. In fact, there's a Your Porsche story that's not due out of this. It's probably due out in the next few weeks. Uh, and yeah, so I want to give a big shout out to Outlaw Gear. Um, they sent me through a load of goodies. I'm hugely, hugely uh, thankful for that. Uh, and you can actually get a discount if you head over to Outlaw Gear, their website uh, and you can, if you use the uh, the code DRIVE10, uh, then you can get a discount over there as well. So yeah, as I said, big thank you to them. Um, and I'm not going to crap on anymore. There's plenty of that coming up. Uh, I hope everybody is well. And um, this is Mick, Nathan and I talking today, Thursday the 21st of December, ahead of Christmas, on everything to do with our cars and where we are right now with everything. So I hope you enjoy and I'll catch you back up at the end. Welcome back to the Engineering YouTube and podcast and today uh, the Waffle episode you're about to hear is is myself, Mick, who's, who's at GTV winchester on Instagram, and Nathan who's been on the first two So You Want to Be informed 1 episodes. Uh, the episode that went out on YouTube, the video episode, did not translate very well to a podcast, um, so very thankfully uh, I've got these two gents here to just sit and have a proper good natter before Christmas. Uh, so welcome both, how are you doing? Good thanks, for all yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Um, Mick got in touch last week because he listened to the episode where I spent about 10 minutes crapping on about uh, electric cars and sustainability and then had more to say than I did about it. So <laughs> Mick also owns what he thinks is a, a Delta Integrale, but it's actually, a, was it Hyundai IONI 5? Hyundai 5, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Mick. Yeah get back to to where we were before um what's your take on it mate what's your take on sustainability and whether it's worth buying an electric car and whether it's not worth buying an electric car and
1: where I got to um, message you Paul, so I looked on the, the Porsche approved used website. I don't know if you've been on there recently. No. They've changed it subtly where before they... Well all we'll the take
0: hands are at the top of the screen. That you can no, well, no, no you,
1: you could see how many cars they had on, on each. So if, they had, if you looked at take hand it would say 15. If yeah. you looked at 911 it would say 35. Yeah, but yeah. Now it's just got plus 25. Uh, okay. And when you scroll down into it, there's hundreds and hundreds of take hands. Wow. I think there's about just under 500. Uh, pro- take and, hands. and that's just approved used in the Porsche market wow. so they've obviously come into the end of their two three years yeah, two, three, four yeah, yeah. Year so lease. they're just flooding the market yeah um, and so look it looks like there's not much of a second-hand market for mm-hmm. take hands if I'm honest mm-hmm. um, but there's also with the change to the government regulation of you know where we were f- being forced to buy electric cars at 2030 mm-hmm. they've now moved it's that like that, to right? move that to 2035 yeah and all the petro, all us petrol heads are going yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you look into the detail, there's a, ZEV, a zero EV mandate in there. Okay. So from January, so in a couple of weeks' time, mm. for 2024, all card um, card car makers have got to sell 22% of pure EV cars next right. year. If they don't reach that target, it's a 15 grand fine per car. Oh, okay. And that's a rising scale up to 2030. Of, oh, so in right. 2030. They've got to sell eighty percent of pure EVs. So wow! So if you take, if you look at Porsche for example, so in twenty thirty, for every five cars, four yeah. of them have got to be a Taycan or
0: a, wow. a mechanic or a in Yeah. A boxer came yeah. So what? So if you've got a shit ton of Taycans already floating around the used market, they're a couple of years yeah. old, and they're trying to pump out new car sales, there's yeah. going to be a fire sale on yeah. Taycans. so if
1: you're going to uh, so on the back of that, I looked at Auto Trader, yeah, and you can buy a 2nd take hand for as low as fifty, just over fifty grand now.
0: and how much were they originally? Yeah, I didn't well, it, it exactly. depends
1: whether you go for the Turbo S model. Yeah, or, yeah, of course, yeah. But they're they're anything between eighty and you know how are you spec? So there's different Plus size of batteries, yeah. Yeah. You know what it's like with a Porsche spec. You want to steer them all of that, sir? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like tyres. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, there's a well, there's a lot of stuff going on that um, I, I don't know the answer is know when you look at look at it they're either the second-hand market you there's some real bargains on a Taycan mm. or you know, there's gonna be good some good bargains coming out next year on the on the, on the new scale mm. if you flip over to like I also looked at 911s mm. so brand new Turbo S's you can buy them under uh, 20 30 grand under now yeah so whereas before you had to have a you know
0: special you, relationship yeah. and all that rubbish yeah, yeah. wow Nathan, you do massive miles in cars, and you had a Cayenne. I did, yeah. Gen two Cayenne.
2: Would you look at a cheap take on? I don't. I don't know. I think the technology is cool. I don't know if I'd ever have one. Well, maybe I'll be forced to have one in a few years, but mm. um, yeah, I'm not sure. I just don't see the <clears throat> how how they're gonna sort of integrate it in terms of like all the people on that park on the street outside their house yeah. or park 100 metres away from their house or like big tower blocks in places, how are you going to build all that infrastructure just to charge them? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. if, like you say, if 80% of the cars, the new cars are going to be electric, then you're going to have to that
0: do that and it's just not there yet, right, is it? Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. That, see that's my level of thinking about it. and. like the infrastructure will drive the sales, because immediately if you would like to say it? it, Yeah, exactly. So the company we work for uh, has just installed a load of charging points, Mm -hmm. which makes life a little easier because quite a lot of people don't work near to the the, the, the units we work at. Um, But that won't be the case for most companies still. So, and if you've got this big, you know, 100 mile commute, and you'll range, you've got an early EV where your range is a LEAF or something you like that, leaf right? yeah, 30 mile range. Yeah, like well you, you, it's a complete waste yeah. of time. So, and then you've got the proof in the pudding that for the first time, there's been a cross-Atlantic uh, flight using sustainable fuel, biofuel. So, and you've got, so all of Goodwood next year is being done on sustainable fuels as well. So you've got all this push for EV and sales of EVs. And at the same time you've got quite rapid development of biofuels or synthetic fuels if that takes off you're going to you're going to be in this really weird situation where people are going to be like i've got a perfectly good car that's Mm. you know i get all the stuff that i love about having a petrol car and and yet i've got no need or reason to be able to because i'm still being just you know making a sustainable choice Mm -hmm. by fueling my car with a different fuel so then what happens to evs The old market shits the bed, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, the the battery technology is improving massive fold. So you know, like like the 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 batteries in the Leafs, the as they're coming to the end of their life, because they didn't have the preheating or the 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 the, thermo technology that goes with them, which the new batteries have. Um, So the Nissan Leaf batteries are, you know not very good let's say mm. but some of the new cars you can say like, it made they shit they're yeah. shit <laughs> so there's, there's, a, there's, a, um, there's a, a Tesla um, in Winchester taxi yeah. it's done over 300,000 miles yeah yeah so the some of the some you some probably
0: bought that on the because they were doing free energy for life weren't they at yeah the yeah. Point? yeah so yeah. you would have bought an early t- a model S or something yeah. like that
2: yeah mm. um, I think the other thing about the electric car stuff is that you uh, yes they don't like you don't put any fuel on them and appear free to run but i think you just you kind of just offset where <coughs> all the emissions happen like mm-hmm. in terms of say a car every time you drive it it releases x amount of emissions mm-hmm. whereas an electric car by the time you see it it doesn't but in the process of making it how so much I, it is, yeah
0: that's the i think that's the that's it, the biggest misconception than? for me the thing that most people get wrapped up in the pollutants from running the vehicle yeah and i think people miss the life cycle from cradle to grave you know and that's where it that's where the, the big maths needs to be done is like you know okay so you've built a new car well, everything including transporting that car from plant to you know delivery or whatever else all of that is part of its life cycle cradle to grave emissions yeah. and unless you count that up and add that up it just is greenwashing again it's yeah. back to that same thing yeah. of making people feel great because they're driving around in a tesla but you know, And I'm not suggesting everyone drives around in 12-year-old VW apps like I am, but I, you know, it, it, it's like barely registers in CO2 emissions. Yeah. It's gone through like 10 years plus worth of driving, it's done over 100,000 miles, and I maintain it myself. And again, like, that's a bit of an edge case, but if you were to look at the emissions from the whole life cycle, credit of the grave, I'm beyond where it's expected life, life expand. Yeah, it will just drop off the face of the cliff. So there's for me anyway. That's a more sustainable choice than going out and buying a brand new Leaf or a brand mm-hmm. new Prius or something like that, right? So it's just I think it's it's people will still look at something that's pump. You know, you turn it on and it's a petrol car, and they make a judgment call on whether it's sustainable or not based on that, which is too simple in terms of a. Yeah. But you don't sell cars that way, right? You're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna keep a new car market going by saying oh you know, drive an old knackered VW. Up. The there, I did
1: some digging around because. It, Everyone's hanging, or a lot say so not everyone. A lot of people hanging off the Volvo study where they said that uh, an electric car has to do seventy thousand miles before. Yeah. That was always worst case scenario, mm-hmm. and you know, and they didn't take with that study with Volvo. Did they didn't take into consideration the Volvo petrol or diesel car mm. using fuel. Mm. So the actual figures for so like a Tesla Model Three, for example, mm. the latest study is saying it's. It meets the same carbon footprint at 13,000 miles. Okay. So it's a lot lower than, and a lot lower than people have heard. Yeah,
0: and that's going to again, like the production techniques are going to change, yeah. the scalability of those, you know, how yeah. they produce a car from start. That's going to have changed it, over the years. Yeah, for sure. and, and
1: it also, um, also happens what, it, it's impacted where you live as well. So if you mm. if you if you charge your car in Germany, which has got basically no green technology, mm. <laughs> it's all. Coal and oil, uh, then it's 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 a lot worse to run an electric car there than somewhere like Norway or France where they're, I know France is all nuclear, but it's still classed as green mm. energy. Mm. So it's a lot cheaper to run a car if you got so if you've got green technology, for example.
0: I that's interesting actually because and what I liked and disliked about France driving around doing my Alps trip yeah. in the year is that. They've got this, um, and it's spreading more than the UK, the kind of um, emissions-free zones. Yeah. And they've got this, I think it's called Air or something like that, I can't remember now. But you've got to have a little sticker in the windscreen, um, and you, they, then you get hammered for like a 100 euros. Yeah. It's, but it's more rigidly adhered to than even going into London. So like that, I get it, in those yeah. sort of situations it makes sense, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, going back to the s- sustainable fuel, so mm. um, a couple of years ago it was £10 a litre to yeah. buy. Now it's down to £5 a litre. Right. So that's... I, I think I think it's... Um. It's. We, we, we do have a habit in this country of looking at it very binary. You of course. Know, it's yeah. EV or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's going to be EV, sustainable fuels, maybe even a bit of hydrogen for... for Possibly. The, for um, trucks and things like that. Yeah. Probably, uh, but again, hydrogen... Do you know where our nearest charger is? Where we could, sorry, our nearest filling point is?
0: Oh, I don't know. it be on a motorway
1: somewhere. It's Teddington. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So there used to there used to be one um, at Chertsey and one at Swindon, mm. but Shell closed those. Right. So they were our closest two in Hampshire, mm. so not even in Hampshire. But it's Teddington. So you've got to go into London to mm. get it in southwest London.
0: And it's going to be one of those weird situations yeah. where you've got a really eccentric person yeah. that does it in the house. But it's, it's got it's got to be a blend
1: of... Everything no I completely agree forward, you know, so yeah because I want to keep my Gt4 running as long as possible of course you know it's, uh,
0: yeah so moving off because I'm going to bore myself listening yeah. to this and I done my it. <laughs> so let's talk about uh current cars then so if you start with you Nathan you've got a one three five i do yeah
2: 2013 and, yeah and a recently turbocharged mark 2 mX5 yeah in very bright yellow different shades of yellow actually so, it yeah. is it's like yeah yeah,
0: yeah. it's it's, it's one of those cars sunlight, that looks yeah. like it needs a bit of help yeah until you lift the bonnet and then you realize oh wow that's yeah. had a lot of help yeah
2: so yeah it does need a bit of tlc on the uh, on the aesthetic side for sure but
1: where, where did the turbocharger was that a...
2: uh i did it in my driveway oh you fit it yourself yeah. oh cool yeah so i'd be like... really
0: disappointed if a four wheel one mechanic
2: <laughs> oh, no, know it was it was just, yeah
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a fair point Yeah. Did you do anything else to it? Can the gearbox
2: take that? Yeah. Well, I think yeah. With the power that it's got, I think it's okay for a a, a while. Yeah. Um, There's not that many things still on the original clutch, so. What's the 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 mileage at the moment? Hundred and forty. Really. High hundred forties. Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been okay so far. The only things I've done were like the things associated to the turbo kit, like intercooler and stuff like that to keep it cool. Okay. Uh, change the radi- radiator because that wasn't really bad enough so. but other than that it's been it's pretty standard still apart from the obvious. Ones. Did
1: you front mount the intercooler or was yes. it okay? Yeah
2: it's in, in front of the yeah. water radiator so. and it is a bit high at the minute like there's not a lot of it actually in the opening of the grill yeah. so I might mm-hmm. try and you better,
0: have you got a temp sensor that's monitoring it? Yeah, it's it's not too
2: bad when you're driving. When you're stationary, obviously there's no air going through it, but it heats up pretty bad as any other car would. Of course, but yeah. But yeah, noth- nothing that would cause a problem so far. So, but no, it's been good. it's been good. Need to get a uh, track day booked. I think in the new year that's the plan. Now
0: mm.
2: it's pretty much ready for one. So.
0: And you've done a few, haven't you? You know, in that car.
2: Not since Spin Turbo, but yeah, oh, right, yeah, so. um, done four or five, I'd say, mm-hmm. around various tracks like Donington, Cadwell, um, Bedford, which is yeah, good fun.
1: What was Cadwell like? Because I've not done Cadwell. Yet.
2: Cadwell's in the MX Five was very, very good, but I think in any like any car bigger than that, I think it would be quite terrifying. <laughs> Little, like bigger in <laughs> terms of size and value, because yeah. I feel like you could easily have a an incident at Cadwell. For, it, for our
0: international it, listeners, uh, Cadwell Park is a uh, British GP track, right? Is it's it's for, for um, bikes,
2: not for cars. That's it, yeah. so, so if really you see like a clip of a bike good, flying yeah. through the air, that's probably Cadwell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, And yeah, the weather wasn't particularly good on that day either, so yeah. it was pretty treacherous. So, yeah. brilliant track, but yeah, not really meant for cars, to be honest. But
0: yeah. Uh, landau in South Wales is supposed to be pretty good for that as well because yeah. it's short and short bursts yeah. loads of decent runoff and it's quiet you can just mess around yeah, yeah. Uh, Mick that's GT4
1: good yeah um I did a couple of the track days last year so I did Blighton Park and um, autumn Park mm-hmm. Autumn Park was really interesting um i'd never been there before. Mm. Um, and it's uh, probably got double the corners at Castle Coombe or Goodwood's got, so it's right. a, it's a lot yeah. more difficult to yeah. learn. Yeah. And it's on one of those. It was, remember in September we had that mm. freaky hot day. It was like low thirties. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, it was horrendous. Really? Yeah, yeah. I made the mistake of parking under a tree, and then because in September all the crap was coming out of course, the tree, and then yeah. I get on the track and there's all, all the tyres picked all the crap up. So it's oh, like. Oh, right. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a brilliant track. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: it's very narrow. Ultimately, yeah. I think when you That's see... a bike circuit,
0: isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. They
2: yeah, do yeah. There, yeah. Super bikes racing. British Superbikes were there week after. British Superbikes, yeah. thank yeah. you. Yeah. But you see a lot of the tracks, like say Formula One for example, you see, you see them on telly and they look massive. Like The tri- the circuits are yeah. huge mm, mm. and then when you actually either stand near oh, one or stand on one or drive on one, you realise how tight they actually are. Yeah. yeah they're very, very narrow. Yeah. A lot of them. Is there much runoff
0: for that circuit? Um, no, not really. No. no. So you've got... A, I mean, you've had a fair bit of tuition by now, haven't you? In yeah. Terms of yeah confidence levels are relative. Yeah
1: I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm we, I'm, my weak point is chicanes if I'm honest Right. Um, and there's two chicanes quite close to each other at um, Horton oh, right, yeah. Park and uh, I, I was just getting a, the line completely wrong on the first chicane and, oh. and luckily I was following another GT4 oh, right. mm. and I just tried to copy what they were doing and they, oh, right. they were going a lot more down I was trying to hang out to the right and cut in mm. they were going down the middle it's really weird it's, it's difficult to explain on a on a podcast, but they were in the middle of the road, right. whereas I was for a road to the right. So I tried doing it in the middle, and it seemed to work. I don't understand why, but <laughs>
2: I think that the second one there because the first one sort of leads into the the hill. The, yeah, yeah, the hill. And if I think if it was just a chicane and then a straight, yeah. you wouldn't have a problem with it. because you sort of set yourself up for, you almost have to compromise the first one yeah. to then go into the second one, don't you? So is yeah. this
0: from you picking this this stuff up from Radical Days?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, we used to go there a lot, yeah. Yeah, radical, and even back in like the Formula four days we used to go there testing. Uh, and a bit on it. So okay, yeah, spent a fair bit of time uh, I wonder how much that's helped you in terms of learning circuits
0: and track driving and things like that. Whether you just being there and you know setting cars up and dialing. Them yeah, I input. don't know.
2: You, got, I don't know if it's helped. You have a better understanding of, like now, there's no. Like I don't make any decisions on setup or anything like that. But no, you, you understand when it's being talked about what. The sort of symptoms might be and why they're right. changing certain things so it gives you a bit more perspective i think i don't know if it helps me doing my job day to day but mm. i was thinking more of, when i said that i was thinking more about you is driving your own car on
0: track learning the circuits learning you know by testing and supporting drivers race drivers in those situations yeah. when you get in your mx5 i mean different speeds obviously yeah, yeah. but <laughs> you're not going to be able to do the same speed entry speeds and braking and things like that but you must kind of acquire a pretty good knowledge of the circuits you're at, because yeah. you're traveling around constantly at these circuits.
2: Yeah, and I think you can, in the jobs in the past where I've sort of had to deal with drivers' feedback and stuff, you can relate a lot more to mm. how they're, because it's not always as black and white as oh, I was doing this, or doing this, and I mm. it feels like this. And so yeah, I think you can probably relate to them a bit more mm. by having that experience. Mm. Yeah, I definitely recommend doing it to give you that perspective if yeah. you're in that situation.
1: The, the other thing I forgot to mention, when you sign in there they, they were handing out these novice stickers for the back of your car so the yellow with the yellow black, right. yeah that's right yeah. yeah so i said they they said if you've done track days before you won't need a novice sticker so i thought yeah I've
0: done. i mean i would straight away i'd be sticking one of my car yeah well <laughs> irrespective of we how rent, good i thought i went around
1: and did the the, the site in that yeah i was straight back in there it's so, really? <laughs> <laughs> so it was because it's quite a complicated circuit yeah, yeah, yeah. it's up it's down it's quite hilly yeah um and yeah and i was straight on the
0: back just stops anybody from yeah. being a hero, right? Yeah. Pulls you back in and takes the uh, cockiness away.
1: Yeah. Have, have you ever come across Mike Wilds? Um, no. have, you, have you heard of him? He's, no, so he's an ex Formula One driver, but he's, right. in, he's he must be right. mid 70s. So he, he was racing Formula One in, in the early 70s, so 73, right. 74, something like that. Yeah and he, he's, he was doing tuition there and right. you could tell when he came past you because he had like a James Hunt style yeah, yeah. plain black helmet or whatever colour it was with wilds in big big letters across yeah, the back.
0: Yeah, probably referencing his original
1: Yeah, helmet. so I, I was trying to follow him as well. Um, I, I yeah. managed to follow him for a couple of laps, right. but he was obviously just was showing sewing like, and then he just bolted. But doing, he was yeah. taking some really weird, what well, I, I would call it a really weird line through some of the corners. Mm. But when you try it, Oh, actually, I'm going out wider, cutting back later, turning in later, and it really works. It's the corner flows. Um, so I was like, oh, so I was just I was just trying to pick up off other people, but, you know, just following people who knew the circuit.
0: Have you gone through much in the way of consumables yet?
1: Um, pads? No, no, no pads, no no, pads, pads, no not yet.
0: Pads, no, not yet. And, and just for reference, again, podcast listeners, or people that have listened to the podcast before, uh, Mick Scott a 718 GT4 yep. with PCCB yeah. yep. so honking a set of pads and discs on that car isn't going to be good for your <laughs> bank balance right? So no,
1: no, well I was interested when you did the RPM yeah, when you yeah. spoke to Lydia about they put their, they were swapping out the PCCBs and putting yeah. service transforms on and I'm like that's interesting, yeah. I thought mm. they would go through the PCCBs first and then move on to I the think, it, do
0: you know what, it's probably, again uh, it's been such a long time since we've had that conversation but off camera, I think we were talking about it in the fact that people want to maintain the warranty. Yeah. So if they hold all that stuff back, they can put them back on at the end of their use of the car, and it'll go straight into a Porsche gotcha. dealer and get warranty. Yeah. It. See, Whereas if yeah. you ran through those, you'd yeah. have to get a brand new set of original PCCB yeah. to get a warranty on it, which is stupid. You're never going to do that. So.
1: Yeah. I speak. I, I extended my warranty last year. I don't know if I told you this. Mm. It was quite. It was quite cheap. So three years was about eighteen hundred quid.
0: I mean, that is pretty good, and you've used it so far, haven't you? Within a, it, within a
1: week, the Padme are gone. The, yes. So we've got these um, differential mounts on, uh, yeah. on the GT cars. Um, <coughs> I don't know whether it's a placebo effect, but what it does, it tightens up the, the gearbox and stuff. When yeah. you're going, the faster you go, it tightens it all up. Um, and it fails to the stiffest mode. But I, mm. so 30 mile an hour around town, I said to the missus, I said, can you, she said, yeah, it feels a bit bumpier. Mm. But apart from that, it's still drivable. Mm.
0: Did it come, I mean it must have come out with a, a message yeah it come dash. up so it's, did it um, say you know like limp to the nearest dealer no no so
1: like I didn't realise that when they come up they come up they're colour coded mm. so there's, three, there's white, yellow and red I think it is right, okay. um, someone will tell us if, we, if I've got them yeah, wrong yeah stick in the comments if you yeah. know more about this um, but I can't remember if it was a white warning or a yellow warning mm. uh, which says you can still drive so it's yeah carry on but yeah it was about, about 1500 quid to get that fixed and the warranty that I paid 1,800 quid yeah, for a week before. But looking on the forums, they seem to be a weak point mm. on all of the Porsche cars that have them.
0: Mm. Yeah. So far, and this is going to the worst thing I could possibly say at this point, and we have got, actually got a real wood table in front sort of just touch wood, but my car has not failed in any meaningful way through the whole time I've owned it so far. Um, And again, for listeners that haven't been to the podcast before, I've got a 981 uh, Cayman with a manual gearbox. So the weak, the only thing that's really particularly weak is boring stuff like door cards delaminating, which is probably through all Caymans, just where the um, adhesive on the door cards sit in the sun and it just delaminates. Nothing, who cares? Um, But in terms of mechanical failures, it's pretty much PDK gearbox failures. Other than that, oh, and PASM shocks, weeping. But... I've got a manual gearbox, and if a shock goes, I'm just going to put KW high adjustable spring set on it last year. But um, I'll just get proper coilovers at that point. So, but yeah, so far, touch word, nothing in five years. So, and it's just been consumables. That's literally it. Amazing, really. You know, that's part of the reason why I decided to keep it and keep going with it because it's just been a trustworthy (laughs) car. Interesting. I'll completely <laughs> fuck that up now because I can guarantee <laughs> yeah. I'll take it one of the things that, that people have found um, hunting around for spec changes you can dial in um, options software options and releases and there's a GT3 RS software upgrade to the steering that you can put into a 981 oh, I didn't know that yeah amazing so you, like, obviously you don't have, I think, you know, obviously the, all the mechanical stuff is exactly the way it was, but they when they designed the Cayman, and obviously Boxer of the 981 generation, um, they set the steering up, or the map for the steering up, fairly gently, because it's not supposed, it's supposed to be a road car, so, mm-hmm. it, and it's apparently, again, I've not done it, but it's a software upgrade for like 100 quid or whatever it is to do, um, unless you've got a, um, a, you know, your own, I can remember what it's called now, you know, the the software that you need for Porsche dealer. Um, oh God, what can I can't remember it is. But anyway, you can you can basically just upload that and it overwrites the map, and then you've got this <coughs> much more direct, um, progressive feedback rather than because it's quite light, you know, the steering is quite light yeah. all the way through to kind of yeah. leaning on into a turn and stuff, and then it starts weighting up. But actually, apparently this is much more linear. You get this kind of consistent weighting all the way through the steering. So one of the things that people have always complained about with E-pass, especially with this generation, because the, the 987.2 nine eight seven is the last um, hydraulic steering. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that you get this kind of slightly vague weighting in the steering. Now I don't know whether that's going to solve it completely, but with a slightly more aggressive geo and that, I'm hoping. That, I mean, I've never had a problem with it anyway because I'm an idiot yeah. when it comes to driving. But but why wouldn't you right for a software upgrade? Yeah. You just it's just the right thing to do. So
1: and Scott down at Barnsport, yeah, Scott
0: down, yeah. yeah, yeah, he he's the one to mention it to me. Uh. He's like, oh, someone's turned up the other day, and oh, pews. That was it. Um, yeah, he was some. Someone turned up and said, "Can you do this?" And he had no idea about it. And then he was like, "Yeah, it works. Happy days." So that's the interesting thing, isn't it? And this is mostly from the states there are people that people are trying this stuff out. Yeah,
1: that's where you get most. That's, that's what uh, Nest is good. Is where they for that sort of stuff. Yeah, that, that's all yeah. on there. So. Yeah. yeah. So Yanks don't care, do
2: they? don't care about warranty. No, no.
0: I'm sure. always amazed yeah. that, you know, straight in with a brand yeah. new car that's done like 200 miles, and they're kind of ripping it apart. Yeah. And
2: yeah. Was it electric power steering in yeah. the 911? Yeah, mm. Yeah.
0: That generation, that swap for the 991 and 981 was the yeah. first time they kind of went pre-turbo but V-pass. Yeah. So, and it didn't get loads of love, and everybody really waxes lyrical about how <laughs> hydraulic steering is the best thing ever, and yeah. everybody needs to get back to it. but. Um, yeah, I mean, again, stick in the comments if you've got a particularly strong opinion of this. I'm not a good enough driver to be able to, you know, I'd have to back-to-back them within five minutes to be able to really tell the difference. I can't kind of think about, well, I drove this hydraulic steering from 10 years ago and I know exactly what yeah. it is, you know, like I'm not that good, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah we did we did a lot of testing oh. in my previous job um, with power steering, because it came, it was sort of a bit of demand from, I think, particularly customers in the US who were, mm. They were sort of people that have been successful in business, typically sort of mid 40s, 50 years old, mm. and they're not, not as physical as some of the younger customers would get. Um, so the power steering was a bit of a demand from them. And we did a lot of testing with electric power steering just because it was the really? simplest, cheapest option, or the easiest one to implement as well. And it's it's good, I think we, we always struggled with it obviously reduces the amount of effort you need to turn the wheel, but mm. then, if ever you're in a moment of understeer, you'd, you'd you'd lose the connection with the car that like you'd struggle to feel when okay. the front are grip, yeah. and then the same with the rear. Yeah. If you if you get a bit oversteer, it then like in, a, in a in a hydraulic um, parasitic car or one without parasitic mm. parasitic, you'd you get an immediate like light feeling in the wheel, whereas yeah with the electric. It almost feels like you're trying to steer through tree, tree core to try uh, and correct it. Okay. Which is something we always <coughs> thought. I guess the um, only
0: car that I can think back to where it's noticeable is my Elise, Because it, yeah. that is you know, the simplest version of a car possible. You know, there's just nothing between you and the wheels. So, um, And that did feel <laughs> noticeable. I mean, there's nothing, I've driven nothing that comes close to it. Obviously a radical word, Yeah. And that would be a step on again. But um, yeah, it, it's... The, hard, the easiest way to describe it is like your brain is connected to the, the steering input, yeah. connected to the wheels, yeah. so everything, there's no delay at yeah. all, no latency at all between your steering input and what the car does and that's the only way I could be able to tell yeah. you the, the difference between the two but yeah, yeah interesting.
2: Which I'm not sure, I don't think we we had a lot of caster, so maybe with a bit more cars there it would it would improve mm. it but it yeah, was that was always a struggle of ours with like you say that latency between the car moving, and you know what the car's mm. doing. In effect, so yeah. Have you?
0: Because um, you can do quite a bit with the MX Five, can't you? In terms of geometry setup and stuff. And yeah, yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, like they're pretty good for. Like like sort of the stuff. age of them,
2: they pretty even. Like standard, it comes with the concentric bolts and all the pickup points. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. So you can. So you can go pretty aggressive. If even you from to. standard, you can change camber, caster, toe, oh, yeah. um, Have you? Have you done much or not? Yeah, I recently I had it after the after it got settled down after the turbo stuff I got it aligned four-wheel alignment mm. just, uh,
0: did you give them what you wanted to input into it or did you
2: uh, kind of yeah. I sort of the camera I think I asked for a bit more than maybe what they'd use for the road because yeah. yeah I don't I only really get driven either on track or if you want to go out for driving on weekends so yeah I don't need it to be
0: same in tires yeah and those tires are cheap anyway yeah right? yeah so 15 inch so
2: um, but yeah, I knew it was. I knew it was a bit off because it, like it would, it was pulling, and when you'd break, it would dart off. And mm. so I knew. It, I just wanted to get it square first. Yeah. And then sort of see where it ended up, and if I wanted to go a bit more on some of the things, they were sort of they were open to changing it. But yeah.
0: Is that a? It was more um, just getting it
2: squared up, more yeah. than anything.
0: Yeah. Was that a franchise, or was it a kind of uh,
2: specialist? No. I like think a sense of gravity just kind of place. I think it was just an independent. Um,
0: so they haven't got it like, oh, it's got to be green mate, it's got, I've got to punch the reg into the- Yeah, they, like they,
2: they did have the green bit, and they, they yeah. They, yeah, they sort of, but they weren't- They, were they weren't wedded to kind of- No, to trying it, get they well like, the, oh, you're not yeah. leaving here until it is green, they yeah. were like, oh, if that's what you want, then fine. Yeah. But yeah, it was just that's like good. an independent tire shop that's got the ramp and the yeah, kit for the four-wheel. Yeah, it was, yeah.
0: Yeah. Nice. So. Have you set your car up, mate, or is it still on
1: Porsche factory still settings? Still on factory settings. Um, I was in. Uh, apparently, you can't do too much with the settings on the on the Cayman. Mm. To do the changes you, you probably need, you need to get a Manthe Racing arms yeah. on. Some. Um, but one thing I because want, I wanted to learn the balance of the car first, really. Mm. So one of the things that I've been working on is so when I go on track first, I, I keep the PASM off. Okay. So yeah. it's in the softest setting. Yeah. So when I'm going round the first first couple of laps, I can feel. You, you, you sort of understand where where the tires are letting go and where mm. the grip where, where the edge of the grip is and then when you come back out and you put the, the PASM on mm. the car's a lot more uh, it's a lot stiffer so it's a, it, 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 there's a, it's a lot more forgiving if you like yeah, yeah sure not forgiving but you know what I mean it's so I, I, I go out first set PASM off and then second second um, second stint PASM on okay yeah so I get a feeling of how the cars gonna handle around the track
0: so does it so if, on that second session, then, when you're going out and you've turned it on, what's that telling you in terms of, because like, I guess you you're talking about understanding where mechanical grip levels yeah, are and yeah, that stuff. Yeah. And then when you dial in PASM, um, for again, for I don't know if you want to do a quick explanation of PASM for the people that don't know what it is, but it's, a, you know, it's an adjustable suspension setting. Yeah, just basically, basically, you can have it at
1: road setting, which is a soft setting. So if you've got your mum next to you, you don't want to stick the PASM on because you'll let like, all your teeth fall out. Yeah. So all <laughs> your teeth, teeth fall out <laughs> now. Yeah. Uh, or you, or, or, or if you want to go for a bit of a stiffer ride, you you put the yeah. you put the PASM on. Right. And not not the most comfortable for for the passenger. No.
0: And uh, that is one of the things I've noticed because I've got PASM on my car <laughs> as well, and it, uh, and you do it is very noticeable. Yeah. Sport plus and PASM on. You yeah. should actually sport plus turns PASM on anyway. Um, and I leave it on all the time. Yeah. But then I'm a chaff, so <laughs> 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 I'm happy to have it about slower <laughs> road. But I'm I'm on ASBO yeah. mode all the time, exhaust yeah. valves open, PASM on, Sport Plus on, yeah. rev matching everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's a good way of understanding that, uh, where the car is understeering and where the car yeah. Yeah. is over. Yeah. So you turn it off. With the, with a PASM on, it's more of a track car. Mm. Is PSM,
0: up. so stability management, is that on all the time or is that? I on? don't turn any of that. You just off. leave all on. Yeah, I leave it all is. on. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm, sure I'm not right. brave enough, mate, to <laughs> turn all
1: that off. I'd, I'd like to have a bit of a comfort blanket. Yeah, This guy's picking Yeah, yeah. his
2: yeah. knees. Go on, somewhere, mate. The rev-matching thing. Does yours... Do you have to rev-match yourself, or would it...
0: You can do either.
2: So sport in, it in it my car,
0: sport uh, mode does have... Um, it has no rev-matching. Right. Sport plus um basically healing toes for you yeah so i it's interesting i can heal and toe not brilliantly but i can um, and i can so i can i reckon about six out of ten times i'll nail it so if i'm going out for a nice try and i've got this loop that i do that goes through the like, kind of south downs way where, where the new caffeine machine's going to be past all of that back in again um, and i'll go out and and i'll probably spend a bit of time trying to get it Dialed in, mm. and then I realise I'm shit at it, and just stick small plus on. Because <laughs> it, 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 and it's, you know, it, it hits it every single time. It's yeah. just a bit more mechanical sympathy for the car yeah. rather than me hoofing it. And yeah, even though
2: like you, you can't always get it right, and it is difficult. it's there's something quite satisfying about doing it. Oh yeah, it? for sure. It's, it's, you get really.
0: I, the only thing that I again like, you can't compare it to an Elise. I could I could get it right almost every time in the Elise because it was wired throttle. Um, and I'd spent ages dialing the throttle pedal in because yeah. it's all adjustable all over the place.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so you can fit, and it's, it's completely linear. There's no kind of, again, there's no dead time in the pedal. Yeah. Um, probably like, I'm sure Radical is exactly the same or you know, racing cars is exactly the same. It's just, it's absolutely on or off. Like yeah. you know, you've got modulation through the pedal, but like the
2: first there's no, mil the, will, even the first mill. you're yeah.
0: getting some butterfly opening. Yeah. Um, whereas the 981, and I get it because it's not supposed to be a track car you get a tiny bit of dead time or a little bit of like the chain the modulation curve for it isn't kind of linear it, there's a, a ramp yeah um i don't know if you can map that out but yeah so when when you're trying to heal and toe it's you've got to put quite a lot of throttle pedal input to be able to get yeah, it yeah. to match yeah. where and that's, and that's not, not and because it's a it's a curve not a linear curve it's not a line um it's harder to, pr- to get that right yeah. for me. I actually sounded like I know what I was talking about then. <laughs> but, but yeah, the, the Elise, I could just jump in it and I'd be like within yeah. two miles, I'd be able to get every single time. Yeah, and the, the pedal setting, the pedal sp- spacing for an Elise is, is perfect as yeah, you'd expect. I think it to that's be. 90% of it is
2: if you're comfortable where the pedals are. Right, like what? From what you're saying, it sounds like you're trying to put your foot in somewhere that's uncomfortable to get the correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. And or, or I'm kind of right.
0: so breaking into a corner. I've got, and I don't know if you find this as well, but because um, I'm sure your pedal setup's exactly the same, um, I'm right. My toe is right on the edge of the brake pedal to get enough of the side of my foot onto the throttle to be able to. Yeah. So you're not. You're again. Then you're like looking at the amount of brake input into a corner. <clears throat> so if you've only got a toe on there, you've got to put quite a lot of pressure into that yeah. toe, and, and which doesn't allow you to kick your foot over enough. Yeah. So to try and get, that's why I struggle with it, because it, it's yeah. all of that in one go, in, and then know instinctively where your downshift is and where it's going to rev to to be able yeah. to get that. It's a lot to try and get your brain yeah. into doing that in a corner. So that's why I struggle with it. Whereas again, going back to the Elise, <coughs> the K series engine, as shit as it was. It is so easy to understand, yeah. really, you know, and I, maybe it's the amount of time I spent in the seat of it, but I just nailed it every single time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The other yeah. one is when you've got that, such a small contact point on the brake, you find yourself, when you do go over to, to blip, you then, like, you then end up modulating, the, not on purpose, but like, you, totally. the brake pressure that is quite erratic, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah. And, yeah.
0: and I've got little brakes, and it probably is different when you've got 420 mil PCCB, discs and trying to be able because your brake pedal feels going to be totally
1: different yeah well I'm not a good enough driver to he'll tell on a track yeah I'll do it like you on the roads and um, but when you're coming into that that, that Levant straight good Goodwood for example when yeah. you're going and you're going from 145 150 and you're and, you've got and some and I'm confidence in your ability I am you. standing on the brake pedal yeah because the first time I went around there it's like it said brake so I brake where it said the brake board was or well, yeah. I was Fifty metres before that, <laughs> 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 it's literally just stamping on, trying to get the weight transfer, get get the nose, yeah, down. Get the nose in, yeah. And then, then, you're, then like you said, you're modulating, but you're, you're trail braking. And that's where all my focus is in the trail braking, right, not yeah. the heel toe. Yeah. So, rev button on from on yeah, track. Yeah. Except when you forget, because it when you when you turn the car off, it when you turn it back on again, it's, it there, it's yeah. gone. It's yeah. gone. So, I forgot to turn it back on.
0: Oh, I, bet that was, I bet that was amazing when you just yeah. <laughs> threw yourself through the steering. Yeah, through like, this yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I made that mistake once. Um.
0: Yeah. What about you mate? Are you Nathan, are you as your heel and toe and kind of rev matching Yeah. In the, either car?
2: Yeah, I think it's a similar thing to what you said about the Lotus. I think because of the way the pedals are set up, it just makes it so easy like when you're breaking into a corner position of the brake is just so natural to then lean yeah. over onto the throttle just makes it easier because it's yeah. quite a that's quite a nippy engine so you don't mm. have to do much like you're saying about the Porsche you have to do a lot of throttle input to get it to, to rise up you you really don't it's only a little yeah a little notch and it'll go up. So.
1: Do you think that's to do with the, organ, the way they've got the organ the organ pedal accelerator so it's a different accelerator? what a normal Possibly
0: yeah I'm just trying to think again I'm trying to go back to the Elise, the Elise is like a tillet mm. kind of box so yeah, you've got the not with the um slaves in the top but they they all hinge off the same the rail yeah. yeah whereas um the porsche i can't remember what it does it's from the floor on the bottom on the accelerator and then yeah. the yeah, hinge of the, the, the brake and yeah. clutch. it's different different positions so they are kind it. of like yeah. ever so yeah i think the angle is ever so slightly different as well. well none of that helps massively but you ask tim harvey or someone like that they're like what's going on about me it's fine yeah so it's an amateur thing versus a pro thing i'm yeah. sure with this stuff
1: we we were even talking um, in our breaks at Orton Park. We we're looking at what trainers people were wearing. Just to see. Oh mate, because I, I was like, because I've, I've I've go with the sort of Adidas Gazelles because yeah. I can feel I can feel the brake pedal. I can feel, you know. But then they're they're quite narrow, so that's mm-hmm. where I struggle to. So now that got,
0: makes sense. The width of the shoe makes yeah, sense. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. So I
1: bought some Lambretta trainers which are wider. Okay. So, I, so when the summer, spring comes, I'll give them a go. See how I get on with them, but.
0: Have you got special trainers, mate, or are you, um, or do you uh, look at people with special trainers in the yawn? <laughs> <laughs> no, these
2: these are trainer <laughs> trainers. They're not. They're, they're not, not like. They're not like speed like cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah, no, I wear, I mean, I wear pilotties, yeah. but yeah. Go on, I've always me. worn because I did it at carton before I did any truck driving. I've yeah. always yeah. just worn the race boots, it's just really? what feels comfortable because they're yeah. so thin on the bottom. You, you just get a bit more feel, I think. But, yeah. yeah. I think you've got. I
0: think you're, you're in a unique position in the fact that you've got lots of seat time. You know, you, your life is most yep. you can probably just about playing a reasonable, you know, no one's going to say anything you like that. Like, you're walking around with your Alpine stuff all over you,
1: you'll get away with it. Yeah. Muggins <laughs> yeah. and other muggins are just look like idiots, basically. I did like those Alpine Palace tops out Oh, Vegas. yeah. They're, the they're pretty Vegas cool. Stuff, yeah, yeah. Did you see them? No? They did a special collaboration between Alpine. was oh, it Alpine Kappa and yeah, Palace, it, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Mm. So they did a quite a uh, unique. Alpine top. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. You gonna buy one and you're? No. I'm 53, Paul. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I mean, you have your sports gear? You yeah, see? no, no, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't suit me. Uh, I think Connor. Connor said. wears his Paddy stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, so. of course he
0: does. Yeah, yeah. So again, I don't know if you mentioned it in this podcast so far, but um, yeah, Mick son Connor A is the reason for engineering exists, but also um, has worked for uh, Mercedes and now works for Rebel. So. Yeah. Yeah. Clash of opinions. Yeah. I think if
1: you turn start walking around in being here Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're still we're still walking around in Mercedes gear, and he's at
0: Red Bull now, so. Oh right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> just just for for Connor's safety in his role, I'm sure Connor isn't walking around in Alpine gear. He's, <laughs> he's rapping the everywhere he goes all the time. Of course he is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, we'll see what we get for, for for christmas this year won't we It's gas stops yeah is there any It's a good point actually.
0: is there any expectation in your kind of personal life to
2: wear gear from work or not no not as soon as you leave no 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 you, you almost I, I don't know it feels a bit strange wearing because you work there it feels a bit strange wearing it when you're not at work yeah for me. Yeah. But, yeah i mean
0: it, it i mean i don't know what that might be because people wear their team it's close to, I don't know if it's exactly the same. I'm sure they, they make yeah. the same gear that you can wear, or yeah. you know, the, the legendary gear that you can wear. The shelf, yeah. yeah, it'd be a bit like us wearing aviation gear everywhere. Can you imagine if we were all in a... Maverick jacket and patches all over it, I mean... Don't, don't you wear that, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you haven't got the, the, goose, the goose helmet or anything? No, no, mate, I haven't got the goose helmet. I, you know, and it's so funny in aviation, you get people that you know, have a private pilot's licence and they're flying every weekend, and then you get people like me, they're just... I mean, I, I've been up with a, a mate that's got You're a pilot's license, but I've got no interest in yeah. planes coming yeah. Too slow, aren't they? So, yeah,
1: yeah, well, I'm too slow. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Let's do a
0: favourite car of the year, not Sorry, cool. Porsche. so Corsair. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. have you ever seen any releases this year you know, that you've been particularly into?
2: Nothing. No, not really. I'm more of a... I feel like my preference would always be, like couple of years old like sort of E92 M3 like that sort yeah. of era I think I'm not really too new cars nowadays I don't think do much for me yeah, yeah. is that your
0: okay. sweet spot then the E92 uh,
2: yeah I would like one one day I think yeah yeah, yeah.
0: be a bit of an upgrade frozen I, I don't know why it's coming straight to my head when you were saying that but that frozen grey. it's like a satin gray paint that they did on the and then you get like a DTM kit I think for it yeah Proving that on the chat that I've been on BBS, LMs, Rose yeah. Grey, and I know you hate LMs. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, going back to probably a couple of years ago when I started to look at um, buying bits of my Cayman, um, I was really tempted to buy E88s, BBS E88s, and Big uh, Pipetime immediately was ripping into me. I said, We've a bag of shit out of the uh, And to be fair, they were five and a half grand and it took a year to build anyway, so wow. yeah, a lot of money.
1: They're a bitch to clean as well. I mean, I would have just yeah. kind of um, ceramic coated them, so yeah. such a
0: problem but even so yeah, I'm kind of glad now that I didn't spend that money because it's a lot of money spent, so it was kind of, yeah, yeah. Well, what are
1: you, mate? Anything, anything that's popped up this year that you've, anything to have temperature on the gt 4 Ah, uh, I, I, at Alton Park, because it's in um, in Cheshire, mm. there's a lot of money in Cheshire in this country, mm. so the GT4 was probably the, I was probably the poorest Porsche wow. pork there, and um, there was a brand new GT3 RS. Mm-hmm. Have you seen one?
0: Uh, I've seen so Matt Watson. Um, I've seen his yeah.
1: spec car. Yeah. Big, aren't they?
0: 902 is big. Yeah. In general. Yeah,
1: but the the, the spoiler at the back was yeah. massive, and it had. I, saw, I I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't read much about it, so I didn't realise mm-hmm. that the the pistons were for DRS. They got DRS on the back. That's just ridiculous. What's a
0: road and car got. I mean, it's a road track yeah
1: but um it just it, it, if i was if you were buying one I, there's a lot of plastic on it so a lot of black plastic mm-hmm. for aero is aero everywhere mm-hmm. and i'm like if you get the wrong color for that you can regret that for mm. the, for how long you own that car uh, so, so mm-hmm. it's either got to be white or a dark color anyway. yeah mm-hmm. <coughs> but yeah that, i mean that, but the reason i said that was because Nigel at work had the gt3 touring yeah. i don't know if i told you this but it was. He said it was too stiff. What
0: well, the touring? was,
1: touring was stiff. Wow. He was ru- that much so he was running it. The tyres seven psi under mm. the recommended values, and he, he couldn't get on with it, so he went straight back. So wow. if that, if the touring is stiff,
0: like.
1: apparently the R S is better damped for the roads. Than than I know mental isn't That's it sense, yeah it? um but imagine if the, what the GT3 is like if if yeah. the touring I don't know if the GT3 uh, yeah I don't know
0: whether the GT3 suspension versus the touring yeah I don't is yeah I don't but
1: it's it, it running at six seven psi mm. under just to live with it is pretty mental isn't it
0: mm. but that was the so is that the car that you if you'd have had money and no object you would have been tempted into it probably 3LS?
1: yeah GT3 RS but mm. be a complete waste on me. <laughs> well, was, no. I think, to be fair, that'd be completely worse than most people. Yeah, yeah. You
0: would have to be a ex-racing driver to yeah. get the best out of that. I think.
1: I mean, mm. the, the Dakar was interesting, but mm. um, I still haven't seen one. So, and I know it's a bit marmite, isn't it? I think but, they're cool. I think yeah.
0: c- as a as a concept, and there's t- you know, I like the fact that Porsche is not doing something that is. Yeah ring, They're you know trying different things and you know the fact that that wasn't just an idea on a board and they actually made it into production, albeit. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good that they done it. It's, it's just, so cool yeah. to see them doing that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm hoping next year I'll get to drive. Next year it's going to be oh. much more of a uh, driving stuff yeah. talking about stuff. The Cam Nine One Two. Have you seen that at all? Like, so you probably don't follow it quite as much as me I but um, there's a company that can manufacture and they've got a nine, they basically build 912 four cylinder 911 nine shaped cars from the early days, right. but it's everything on top is carbon fiber and then the engine's built to like two hundred and twenty brake horsepower and it weighs 700 kilos, 700 kilos. It, I mean it's ridiculous yeah, yeah. Um, and they've offered for me to go and spend some time driving that. No. Um, I can't wait. That is, yeah. I mean, there's a few things that I'm in the fire in terms of driving like Dakar as well. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the camp stuff is the bit that it just it talks to me, right? It's yeah, all about that. So nice. We'll wait and see, but hopefully twenty twenty four is going to be much more about driving experiences than yeah twenty twenty five.
1: Any more trips you got, to put, Paul, or are you Uh Ring
0: trip in spring, which I've not talked to either of you about, but yeah. we, can talk, we can talk about now. Um, it'll be like a bit of a hero. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday possibly if I'm not going to do any laps of the ring on Saturday and then come back Sundays so i probably do like a bit of a maturing on Saturday three or four days maybe, five days tops so both obviously welcome to but that's only, it's not even a dates stage yet so like I'm yeah. definitely going to do it so. but, and then um, yeah, I wanted to go out to the States next year and I had a couple of offers to go and get and drive some cars out uh, there, meet some people that I'll kind of talk to for a little bit um, whether that happens or not, I don't know, because I've nuked
2: all of my leave
0: this year, Yeah. so I'm working through Christmas and I'm leaving, but, um, sort of mind that a little bit. Uh, but yeah,
2: definitely a really trip. <laughs> 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 Where are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, but I think, because obviously with the lifestyle, you kind of, you accrue the travel part of your life that you, some people sort of seek in the summer and stuff, so most of the time off I do get, I just sort of, you embrace the oh, yeah. time just spending, sat in one place and chilling out, I think. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll be- well, I can't It's <laughs> right? <So> <laughs> well, Yeah, can't stay the after yeah. Time. You don't get to see as much of it properly. as <laughs> you think. Like, there's a lot of hotels, Journey to the Track Hotel, Journey to the Track Hotel. So yeah. It's not It's not like a holiday whenever you go there, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's, not yeah, it's, not it's it keeps beautiful. it exciting, yeah. I think, yeah. But.
0: So is it a case of, for you is coming back home and being having time at home seeing friends and plan yeah. And stuff. yeah yeah i think that's the because you you lack that
2: time where you can just pop to your friends house or pop to your parents house. just trying to slide back into normality for a, for a week or so i think it's yeah. yeah it is a it's been quite a shift i think from what i was used to because even though i traveled a bit before it was it was always like we'd always prep the car in the workshop so you'd have that nine to five feeling as well. So you go home and you cook dinner in your own house. And whereas now there's, there's like three week stints where I don't even have to think about cooking or what I'm going to eat or simple things like that. You just don't have to think about. So it's, yeah, it's just sliding back into normality as you have the
0: start yeah the season
2: yeah, of racing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. 20, 20, yeah,
1: races. 23 races, It's a lot of races. Yeah. yeah. Did you do Vegas this year?
2: Yeah, I did do Vegas. Yeah. How was that? Because that was like uh,
1: that was like eleven o'clock at night. Or yeah, it, like it wasn't. Start time. My
2: favourite, most favourite yeah. weekend. No, it was. It was quite strange because you, because of the way the, the like the times of the sessions where you'd you'd leave the hotel at sort of dinner time, four or five o'clock in the evening. So it's just starting to get dark as you walk into the track. Because obviously we stayed nearby, so yeah. we walked. Um, then work through the night. And then when you're done, so you've done a full day's work, everyone's tired and you're walking back to the hotel. Three, four in the morning, sun's starting to come up and people are like stumbling around who've obviously been out all night and en- enjoyed their evenings thoroughly. And yeah, you've then got to go back to the hotel, close the curtain because the sunlight's beaming through and then you've got to have a full night's sleep. So it was jet lag plus the work of it. It was really strange. Yeah. It was probably one of the hardest. Weekends, I think I've done in. Really? Yeah. In did you sport. Did
1: you appreciate how good the race was? Though?
2: The race was very good. Yeah. yeah. It was, was one a very of the best races race. I've seen for a yeah, long yeah. time. And there was a lot of talk before about how tire Yeah, right? like yeah. the way the track was laid out and stuff yeah. like that. How it wasn't going to result in good racing, but it really yeah, brilliant been, racing. it was quite an exciting race to watch. I yeah.
1: So. I suppose when they they sucked up the the manhole cover, not they weren't manhole covers. Yeah. When they sucked those up on the first practice Yeah, session. and obviously we were a victim of that yeah. as well.
2: So
0: yeah yeah good yeah no no sorry
1: yeah because it was it was science and was it gasly was it or was it uh it was ocon Ocon,
2: so we had to post fp1 we changed the chassis um which is quite a large it's one of the larger jobs that you could carry out on a Formula one car but and then i think the second i guess it worked in our favor the second practice was then delayed so we were they were sort of pushing the curfew back and back and back cause, and there was a point where we just didn't know what time we gonna start, so yes. it was going to start so that was a long day but um, yeah it was different for sure
1: well I mean hopefully next year they'll, they'll bring it forward a bit so it's a bit earlier in the day yeah. but they've they got issues with the, with the people who live out there haven't they because they shut, they're shutting the streets off yeah I,
2: I think that's maybe why they did it just to try and yeah. reduce the impact on because like a lot of people obviously drive to work in the <laughs> casinos and stuff yeah. like that there's, there's a lot of people that work in Vegas yeah because so, yeah, there's not a lot outside of Vegas. It's desert, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, yeah, but yeah. It could have. It would have been nicer if it was a bit earlier. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, What about you, then,
0: mate? Trips
1: next year? Nothing planned yet. Um, we keep threatening with Toby next door to do a and and Andrew. Go we do, yeah. and yourself do a European tour somewhere. Yeah. yeah I'd yeah. love to do. I still haven't done the um, Porsche factory. Normie uh, um, and I
0: and I Sam from Seen Through Glass um, and Tony did a walk around for Private Tour of the factory and the museum and everything this year. And it looks amazing. Yeah. So I'm well up. I mean, we can get the same treatment. Yeah, care, yeah. But yeah, but I'm, I'm well up for that. Definitely. Ah. We will have,
1: have you. to put something together.
0: Yeah, it's hard to make content like that because it's, it's a well drawn path. Yeah just for the visit myself i'd be well for sure yeah
1: it's, it's quite a drive to stuttgart but you've got some fantastic you know you've, you've got some you've got the the mountains through spa and the ring and that and then you've also got the auto, the unrestricted autobahn bits as well To yeah
0: the your Porsche story i recorded
2: this time last week um, the I well, did that with Sent me some pictures from the factory. He drove to the factory in 1993. Yeah. and he's got these black and white photos of him. St- and there was, it was basically empty at that point. There was no none of this like
0: glitz and glamour. Yeah. and he's just got this photo of him in the needle between the set of 959s There's nine lines everywhere. <laughs> completely like not none of them are uh, you know locked up in any Yeah, way. yeah, it's just wild, isn't it? Just is changing yeah. Cool. All right, well, it's probably been, let's have a quick look and see. I brilliant! Mine's died, so I'll have to pick it up the doors and add all we've been. We should say hit one of the buttons. Just over an hour. Yeah, that'll do. I think we'll probably call it there, an hour. I hope you've enjoyed this bullshitting on from the three of us and uh, there won't be another episode coming out until after Christmas so uh, happy Christmas everybody yeah. uh, and thank you to Mick thank you to Nathan for joining today no on Waffle and uh, yeah, if you haven't already do make sure that you uh, subscribe and like and all that stuff if you're watching on or listening to on YouTube you can add a comment on any of the stuff we've talked about so far if you've got any questions for Nathan about Formula 1 don't bother asking because he probably can't answer them if <laughs> <laughs> you've got any questions for Mick Uh, Don't bother asking because he'll probably even get back to you. If you've got any questions for me, I will probably get back to you. And I'll speak to you all next time. Take care for
2: now. Bye bye.
0: As always, I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, It was really a bit of a fortunate thing that I was able to ask two good friends to come out and hang out for a little bit, drink some tea and coffee and uh, talk for a little while before I uh, put an episode out so big thank you to Mick big thank you to Nathan uh, I'm not going to put an episode out before Christmas now uh, the next episodes that you'll get god it's going to be hard work to try and get this finished um, are the my Alps Road Trip episodes I've got to sit and shoot and I've been putting it off a, uh, a bit of a deeper meaningful uh, first part so ahead of the actual episodes and ahead of the content that I recorded back in July I think it was when I did my Alps Road trip and my, you know, down to Monaco through Grasse Cannes, uh, all the way through to the Col de la Bonnet, the highest looped road in Europe. Um, it's a, it was a deeply meaningful trip. And I've, I know what I want to tell you. I know what I want to say ahead of that, epi- those episodes that are going to go out. Um, I'm just trying to find the, uh, the, the perfect minute to record it. So, because so I think my head's got to be in the right space for it. Um, stay tuned though, and I hope you're all having a lovely prep Christmas. Please do your shopping ahead of the 24th. Can you imagine? It's it's going to be carnage right now, so you probably left it a bit late if you haven't done anything yet. But I hope you spend your time with your loved ones. I hope you've got people around you um, and that you're planning to have a restful and restorative festive period if you celebrate this festive time. If you don't have a lovely normal week, and um, and I will catch you sometime just after Christmas, probably or Boxing Day or the day after. I haven't made a decision yet, and it's probably going to be down to the recording time I get. Take care, everyone. Though thanks for listening, and goodbye.